Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where two, three, four, or sometimes even more longtime friends get together and talk about one of their favorite hobbies, video games. Today we're talking about short video games. My name is Andrew, the mediocre Bloodborne player Kimball, and I'm your host. Joining me today, we have Dylan, ridiculous backlog avoidance, Ren. <laughs> I mean, it's a problem. We have Caleb, who was alone, Van Nice. I don't have a witty introduction this week. We got Joe, sometimes plays games that aren't WoW Summer. It's kind of it's kind of spoilery when you read it first. Like, I'm with Caleb, I don't have anything. Oh, you've had, like, tons of time to prep. <laughs> We've also got Aubrey, looking for games to cry to Kimball. And now that's it. That's the episode. Goodbye, everybody. No. <laughs> But before we dive in, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell a friend or two. It would really mean a lot. Also, check us out on all the various social media platforms and YouTube by searching Level Playing Field Gaming so you can interact with us. If you're still feeling generous after that, subscribing and leaving a review would be super helpful in joining or growing our show and our community. Now, before we dive into some of our segments, I threw a poll out on our Twitter this week, and we've been talking about souls games quite a bit recently me dylan and joe especially have been into them recently and so i threw a poll out there what is the best from software game now twitter unless i'm just an idiot would only allow me to give four options so i chose demon souls bloodborne dark souls 3 and sekiro i felt like that was a good balance what do you two agree you two other souls players that's yeah, you could have just put dark souls in general I could have, but I feel like three is like regarded as the best of the trilogy. There are some people which very, very strongly disagree with you. Yes, Depends on who you ask. There's, keyword there's I think, generally speaking, either you loved one or you loved three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two is like, I don't think anyone's particular favorite, but there's some who really cling to what one did. And then later fans of the series are just fine with three. Well, the results of that poll, Sekiro with 0%. Sekiro mm. got no votes. Sekiro needed some love. Doesn't Then it needs to really stop being so hard. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't super surprise me because it's the most different. Game of the year, uh, more like game of the not winning this poll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so glad you're back this week, Caleb. <laughs> So then uh, Demon Souls coming in third with an 18%, Dark Souls 3 with 27%, and Bloodborne with 55%. And I did not vote this is gonna be multiple my times. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even vote at all. I think Bloodborne, as, aside from being console exclusive, is maybe one of the more accessible titles and also has like kind of the most interesting aesthetic that pulls people in, so that's probably why. But... I just thought that was kind of interesting. Something fun on our Twitter I did. So if you're not not following us on our social medias, you know, go ahead and do that because we do dumb stuff like that. And it's fun to get involved and you know we may shout it out on the podcast. So Interact, please. You you could have turned the tides. You could have given Sekiro like 5%. No. You, Your vote and, would be better spent with Dark Souls 3. <laughs> You know, it's funny as but, I did vote, and at first I'm like, I feel kind of bad about that since I barely played any of these. 
but like I voted for Bloodborne and it won by so much. And I'm like, yeah, that didn't that didn't matter. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla was over here stuffing the ballots, creating dummy accounts. Yep. But no, that, that was just something fun I wanted to shout out and, and just like, you know, quick reminder, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter if you have not. But with that, let's go ahead and roll into our fantasy critic update for this episode. So, fantasy critic update. What is happening right now? Who wants to tell me what's happening? Because I have no idea, honestly. I have had a good week. Finally. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator released, and our theories held true in that having something with a kind of limited audience would make the people who are interested in it really excited, and then the people that weren't super interested kind of stay away. So, and obviously, it is a huge like technological marvel. So, I was gonna say it, it is it a had, really it's good well sim. earned. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that at first was bringing me in twenty five points. It's now down to twenty three, which is still. It's still my heaviest hitter. Um, and then Spirit Fair came out, which I have not bought it yet, even though it was one of my anticipated games I talked about in earlier this year when we did that episode. Check it out. It's on Game Pass. Oh, see. Here comes here comes Dylan. Uh, it's also <laughs> on Steam and on the Switch. I think I'm going to pick it up on the Switch because it feels like a Switch game. Yeah. But if, you know. If you're already paying for Game Pass, by all means, check it out. So that's currently pulling 18 points for me. So, so yeah, you did have a good week there. So did that put you in the lead? It sure did. By a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, about 20. When Flight Simulator was giving me 25 points, I was 99. Now that's down to 23, I'm at like 97.5 or something weird. So close to 100. So close to breaking 100, yeah. So... And I want to say by projections, too, I think you're projected to do very well. I'm currently projected to win, but nothing has been predictable this year, so. Yeah. Mm, Every other game could be canceled, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? (laughs) When everybody else has stuff coming out fairly soon. So I was actually checking out uh, Emily is Away 3, because it still says 2020 estimated to see if there was any news released on that. And actually, mm-hmm. a couple days ago, the developer did release some images. So I'm hopeful that'll get an actual proper date soon. Yeah. Anything that says estimated on Fantasy uh, Critic or, yeah, our Fantasy Draft or whatever, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not touching it. Like, it's got to have at least a an announced window or target date for me to bid on it because mm-hmm. that's too easy to slip. Well, I feel like the only ones that are kind of easy to go with that like don't have a firm one are the ones that are like holiday that are just waiting for the official announcement of the console release dates, you know, because I yeah. think a lot of their stuff is tied to like, well, we can't say it's coming out this day because it's a next gen game. And then they'll know that like since Sony and Microsoft haven't made their official announcements, we can't say anything yet. So. There's also if the game hasn't been linked to Open Critic yet, the release date listed on Fantasy Critic may not be accurate, as yeah. we learned this week. Because 
that they, those release dates have to be manually updated. Um, I think if they're hooked up to Open Critic, they he might be able to pull the release date that way. But it's otherwise got to be like a manual deal. Uh, so some of the like the indie, especially I think the indie stuff, if it says estimated, it's still worth you know popping open a Google tab and seeing what the most up to date information on that one is. Because mm-hmm. Spirit Fair was summer twenty twenty estimated, like it, it mm. didn't have a date either. Yeah, it wasn't so until us and maybe some other people submitted the correction link and said, "Hey, this game is out and it has a score, but you don't reflect that." That it yeah, went and showed like up. I- I got the email from Steam. Hey, it's out. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel so like has anything else showed up? Has anything else exciting happened in the Fantasy Critic? Well, not exciting. <laughs> but the game that I picked up like last week or the week before or whatever, Deathloop, uh, got delayed. So <laughs> and I out of this year. Out of this year. And like normally I like if a game gets delayed, I don't care that much because like I'm not personally invested in some of these games. But Deathloop looked awesome. And I also felt like it was the most solid of like the games that I had picked up because Mm. like it seemed based on what they had shown to be pretty complete ish, like, you know, just in the final stages of polishing. Like I didn't think it would get delayed until like out of this year. So. Right. And it was a safe bet for picking up a decent review score because it's it's Arcane making it, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I think it is um like their secondary studio. If I remember correctly, I think Arcane spun spun a second studio off yeah. and Deathloop is their first entry. Gotcha. So like the main Arcane studio I think is working on something else. Not a hundred percent sure on that. I can look it up while I stall for time. I would That's guess okay. that we like to wildly speculate. On I mean, show. I would guess it's Dishonored Three or Prey Two, if I were going to guess. But Dishonored those are both Arcane, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Are. So they have a a studio in Austin and a studio in Lyon, France, and the Arcane Lyon is working on Deathloop, and so what Arcane Austin? Who knows what they're working on? Gotcha. Dishonored Prey. Yeah, probably honored. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> the most. Well, they also crossover. they did um, the Wolfenstein's, the recent ones, Young Blood and oh, Cyber Pilot. I didn't know that. Who did those? The Arcane, same people who did Dishonored and Prey. Wait, which one? Young Blood wasn't like super well received. It was. It got like mediocre scores across the board. Did you say Young Blood or New Blood? Young Blood. Oh, okay. New Blood's not a... I don't know what that is. I thought it was like the Wolfenstein sort of spinoff that had like zombies or something. Oh, or Old Blood, not cool. New Blood. Wolfenstein no, Old the Blood. Old Blood, I mean, yeah. zombies aren't that far out the purview of Wolfenstein's world no, in the first place. pretty Wolfenstein-y. Yeah. No, they, they didn't... Um, I should clarify. They didn't solo develop these games. They were okay. support studios because they, they work... They're published by Bethesda. So, you know, they, they are somewhat, you know, beheld to the whims of what Bethesda wants them to do. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, congratulations on a on a successful week, Aubrey. Taking the lead. Yeah. I'm I'm not salty at all, but <laughs> I mean there's still there's still some game to play, but it is the rest of this game, the rest of the fantasy league is very much 
anything could happen literally like it's very dependent on what's actually going to come out this year exactly caleb might in fact pick up a game that will come out this year who knows yeah (laughs) yeah caleb what's your score currently I haven't even looked because literally three. my entire... Is it three? Cool. It's That's- three. Minecraft Dungeons came from pulling you two points. You're now up to three. Ooh. Yeah. Increase. My entire strategy was like to play the Hail Mary of like pick up games that might come <laughs> out this year, but will likely come out next year. And to our, even if they were supposed to come out this year, they're not coming out till next year. You have Watch Dogs though, don't you? And that's supposed to come out this year. We will see true i'm pretty confident in that one but yeah yeah i feel like you've got some that will get you some points but an avengers is supposed to come out but will it get you points who knows honestly you've been playing the avengers beta haven't you let's talk about that yeah that's a perfect segue let's (laughs) beautiful let's roll on into what we've been playing this week Caleb mentioned, I jumped into the Avengers beta on PlayStation 4, because that was what was available to me, and gotta say, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I played through the like tutorial, like, San Francisco bridge is falling apart mission, play all your favorite heroes. It was like, yeah, this is cool, this is a good like introduction, and then they started throwing me into more of it was the hulk and kamala they threw you later into the game you're like trying to look for jarvis and figure out how to like find tony essentially and the whole thing was just fine (laughs) like i felt like i was playing as characters that felt sort of like the characters that i love from the mcu and i was beating stuff up but I never felt like I was struggling. I never fully had a grasp on what is allowing me to do my abilities, what is giving me my abilities, what are these things I'm picking up, why you know, am I actually running out of health? There were moments where I felt like I was overwhelmed and my health was getting low, and then all of a sudden I was like, fine. And it was just like I never had a full grasp on what was happening with the systems, and I was just mostly mashing you know, square and triangle and, you know, then pressing L1, R1, whatever for my specials. And it was flashy. It was fun. It was cool to smash stuff as Hulk. And Kamala was pretty, pretty unique and fun to play as, you know, someone that's not really not in the MCU, at least not yet. And so it was like, yeah, I could see if all you want to do is just play your favorite superheroes this would maybe be a fun way and and if you wanted to just say after a long day of work grab a cold beer say yo dylan joe hop on let's hang out while we smash stuff as our favorite heroes it could fill that void but it definitely didn't strike me as something that was going to be special yeah i mean anything could fill that gap like if you're just looking for a backdrop for conversation could be any game right yeah or it could just be a phone call (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) well and that's the the thing about that game that like is just so like kind of weird to me i guess is like it's supposed to be a games as a service type of thing you know and so it's trying to kind of do what destiny does or what the division does or 
you know, some of those types of games. And everyone, like, now granted, I haven't kept up with a ton of news about it because I kind of lost interest in it. But, like, most of the people that I've heard talk about it, it's like, it was okay. It was fine. And so I'm like, okay, so some people get it. They play through it. They burn through the story in, like, 10 to 15 hours. And what keeps them around? What keeps them coming back? You know, I don't I don't see it lasting. And maybe it'll have like a sort of Destiny 1 situation where it kind of came out meh. And then, you know, a year and a half later, it was great. But I don't know. I mean, like it it kind of seems like the type of game that is going to come out. People are going to be like, that's OK. And then move on because there's so many other good things coming out. This was actually always, this has been my concern since they first started showing footage, was that, like, ah, yes, it is indeed a video game. It 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 has buttons you can press, and characters on the screen do things when you press them. Yep. Game accomplished. It's like the review for Cats, the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it is a movie. It just seems like such a, it just seems like so opposed like it's like if you want to make a live service game this doesn't seem like avengers doesn't seem like the right fit and so it's unless if they would have just straight up come out and been like it's a multiverse play as all of your favorite spider-mans all of your favorite hulks but they're still standing by the whole thing where if someone on your team is hulk you can't be hulk you know like there's just it's like it's a live service game where you're supposed to play with all your friends but then there's also all these stipulations and it just I don't know. Maybe the story will be good. I'm I'm predicting, you know, write it down right now and clip this out, whatever you want to do. This is going to be like a solid like 6.5 to 7 reviewed game across the board. People, And it's probably going to sell really well because all of the casual gamers who just like the Marvel movies are going to be like, oh, I like the Avengers. Here's an Avengers game. Let me play it. I mean, and that's fine if that's all they want it to be. But for the more engaged and I don't want to say like hardcore gamer, but I can't think of a better term is like, it just seems to be missing the mark for those, for that. It, the group. Yeah. The gameplay format seems like a poor fit for the, like the series they're adapting. It doesn't, it, it to me, it just feels like yeah. a missed opportunity. Like, Oh, if you're going to do a live service set in the Marvel universe, there's a different way to do that. Or if you're going to just adapt the Avengers into a video game, I wouldn't have done it that way. Exactly. Like just let Crystal Dynamics make, it feels like Crystal Dynamics want to make an Avengers game, but Square Enix is pressuring them to make a live game. And this is what we get. So like if Crystal had been allowed to just make the narrative game they wanted to make, we might've gotten something pretty cool, but there's all this pressure right now to live games are hot. So let's make this a platform. And it just seems like because of that, everything kind of feels hollow. And a lot of the discussion I've seen online about it has been, this is actually pretty fun. I think I'm going to get it. Like there are people out there that are down for this. This is, this is good enough for them. This is their experience. The beta did nothing for me. I got to the point where I unlocked the harm rooms where you get to play as Iron Man and a couple of the other characters that you can't actually do story missions with, but you can go into like these training rooms and like, you know, defeat waves of enemies and figure out how they play. And I just got bored. I was like, I'm going to go back to ghost of Tsushima, which is the other game I have been playing and is currently (laughs) my game of the year right now, because this game is the epitome of a me game. Like it takes 
little bits of Tomb Raider, little bits of The Witcher, little bits of Assassin's Creed, little bits of all these things that I like and mashes them up into this awesome Japanese aesthetic. And I don't say that light, like it's not just, oh, it's a cool Japanese aesthetic. Like they chose this and then they went to 11 on it. Like everything they do in this game is stylized perfectly. It's intentional. It invokes the feeling that they want it to invoke the 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 samurai duels are like they get you hype you feel badass the every time you start a mission it like cuts away and like zooms on on zooms in on like a little you know like a pot with a flower in it and then it just like bah there's the letters like the japanese letters in the middle and the title of the mission you're about to go on like it's its own little story you know like everything about this game just they nailed the aesthetic they were going for so perfectly and the only other sucker punch game I played is the most recent infamous and I fell off of it. And this doesn't feel like the same studio. Like this feels so much better, at least in my opinion, than that game. And it's great. Uh, it We'll see what cyberpunk does, but right now it's my game of the year. The, yeah. I can't, I honestly can't say enough good things about it. Like the main character is a little bit okay, but it, his, I feel like that's intentional where his okayness lets all of his side characters and people he interacts with, their stories really shine. Like they're, they're all so far, they're all good. Um, and I haven't really played much in Kurosawa mode where everything's like grainy black and white and all that. But the main game, the main mode, like just the, you just get on your horse, you start riding and all of a sudden you're in a, yeah, you're in a field of just like white flowers and lightnings cracking in the distance. And it's just like, this has to be, not graphically, and I'm playing on a base PS4, but not graphically, but just like style-wise, one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. Like, they picked a style and they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, the sam- I literally just watched um, an old exploitation samurai film the other day, Lady Snowblood, and I'm all about this whole aesthetic, and I should really get back into the game. I think you'll really like it and it's open world but i don't think that's gonna make you like it any less because it does this cool thing where it's open world and you can go to the map and you can pick your objective but you're not following a waypoint you're following the wind and you're following you know to you come across like a fox den and then you follow the fox to a little shrine that gives you something and or you'll see a golden bird fly by you and if you follow that golden bird that bird takes you to like a little special thing in the environment whether it's a a shrine or a uh, hot spring that gives you more health or like everything is very intentionally environmental and you can still go to your map. And if you know of it or have heard about it, you can pick that waypoint, but there's not like a thing on your screen, you know, 726 meters away. The number ticks down as you run towards it. It's like, you're following the wind. You're, you're looking at your environment. All of a sudden there's some enemies over here. There's thing over there. It, it does what Skyrim did where you would head towards an objective and get distracted six times on your way, but it does it better. It's it's even more enjoyable in my opinion because it's a more modern game and just because it's so like mystifying, I guess. Like the yeah, would you, the would you say it feels in. more organic? Oh yeah. It feels way more organic. And it feels like Sky all of Skyrim is gray. This game it's like, ooh. There's like some red flowers over here. I kind of just want to go check out the red flowers. Like this, the the world mm-hmm. is so pretty and intentional. Everything's intentional. It feels like whereas Skyrim had that thing where it was like there's a lot of stuff to do and you just trip across it. 
but this is like, there's a lot of stuff to do, but there's a lot of stuff to see. And a lot of the side stuff you do is just, oh, I'm going to sit here. There's going to be this kind of weird, kind of mystical, spiritual music playing while I compose a haiku. Or when you get into a hot spring to reflect or to increase your health, you pick one of two things that you can reflect on. And your character just sits there and has a couple lines of dialogue where he reflects on, you know, uh, you know, how he feels like he disappointed his father or how he wants to defeat the Mongols or like, and it's just, it's all this stuff that's not necessarily, it's all these moments that make you kind of slow down and reflect and like mm-hmm. really take in the world and the atmosphere. And it's, it's, it's really cool. Like they had a vision for what they wanted this game to be. And I don't know that I've ever seen a studio outside of maybe like Rockstar with like Red Dead Redemption or some of those like effectively knock it out of the park reaching what they wanted to like what they they set out to make this Japanese thing and this this Kurosawa inspired game and that's exactly what it is like the whole time you're in it you just feel like this is cool this is awesome I get the vibe they're going for the whole time this is gonna sound so basic and I'll keep it brief because I can't fully remember everything but I watched this video essay about the scene from spirited away where she rides the train and how it doesn't really progress the plot it doesn't like push much forward beyond this is how she's getting from point a to point b Mm -hmm. but it's like a whole five minute scene of just like the rocking of the train and watching stuff pass by and beautiful music and i want to say and i could be totally off that it's um like a philosophy and like the quiet moments in between or where that's what makes up life. And so finding like the beauty and the quiet in those moments um, and emphasizing that. Because like girlfriend reviews, I watched her video on it and she tended to focus on like how the birds drag you away from the main plot or the foxes drag you away from the main plot. But that's kind of the point. Like if you want yeah. a more organic, real feeling experience, you're not going to be like, you know, gunning to do this thing and to keep it from being checklist, 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 checklist. So, yeah. And I will say that touching on the main plot, like, I feel like the main plot is good, but it's not the strongest point in this game. And I felt the same way about The Witcher, The Witcher mm-hmm. 3. Like, um, and so the, the main plot is interesting and, and it's all about this samurai who is having to come with, come to grips with the fact that in order to save his island, he can't live by that samurai code. He has to kind of, he has to become the ghost. You know, he has to be more stealthy and backstabby, which goes against the samurai code. And that leads me into kind of my final point about this game is the combat, especially the samurai combat is awesome. It's a really cool blend of like Sekiro and the Arkham games where you have your parries and your counters and your like perfect parries and your stances that are better like for different enemies, but it doesn't feel ridiculous like Sekiro did. Like it, and it has more of a flow like the Arkham games did, where you can kind of get into a rhythm and like switching stances doesn't feel like a chore. It's really kind of just you press a couple buttons, bam, you're ready to take on a shield guy. Press a couple buttons, you're ready to take on a, a swordsman or a heavy. And then you have a bunch of tools, kind of like Batman. So you have like little throwing knives, you have smoke bombs, you have, 
you know, you have your bow. Yeah. So you have all these kind of different gadgets that you can throw into combat to kind of help you out too. So like, it's one of those games where even though I'm going from like outpost to outpost and fighting hordes of Mongols after hordes of Mongols, it's like, it stays fun. Mm -hmm. It still has that kind of addictive quality to it. And there's also, you know, you can decide if you want to stealth at all, or you can go in and you can walk up to the front gates, press up on the D pad and essentially challenge the base and you can level this ability up to where you can kind of do like you can chain them but essentially you hold down triangle and they come out and you do this like kind of dual stance thing and it's real cinematic really awesome and as soon as the enemy goes to attack you let go a triangle and you do this like awesome across the chest slice and insta kill whoever you are dueling and it's it's super just like it's a simple mechanic but it's just really cool and really cinematic and it really sets the the tone and the stage for the fight to come and so that's the kind of stuff i'm talking about where like the game overall feels like it borrows from a lot of games that came before it and meshed it all together in a really good way but the presentation of it all they knocked it out of the park so definitely if you have a playstation and you haven't played this game i would definitely recommend it for sure the other game I've been playing is Bloodborne, but I don't need to go into that. So <laughs> anybody else been playing anything interesting that they want to jump into? Talk about? I've been playing RimWorld. That's been kind of my... Mostly because I was looking... I wanted something similar to Majesty again. and Similar to what? To Majesty. You know, number one fan podcast, Majesty. <laughs> um, what kind of game is Majesty that you compare it to RimWorld, a game where you can kill your enemies and wear their skins. I mean, <laughs> so part of the draw for me in Majesty is that it's almost like a simulator where it's like you kind of set up your town and you hire these heroes, but you have no real direct control over them. And you just mm -hmm. kind of like encourage them to do certain things and just kind of see how they carry that out similar to like the sims or something so, so you like, you wanted the sims but not the sims yeah something sims that was a more, more interesting violent. setting something something sims. with yeah something with a little bit more violence <laughs> and so rim world like you can take direct control of your guys but uh, like mostly what i'm looking for like and why i like majesty and rim world and the sims is like just kind of the organic stories that kind of happen through weird interactions that the game just kind of has. Um, and so, you know, Majesty is full of those where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, here's like my best wizard and I'm gonna, like he's, I told him to stay away from this area over here, but he's still going. And oh, he bl blew up that thing and three dragons popped out and now he's running away and you know, just kind of that weird stuff that happens in Majesty. And so RimWorld does a lot of that where it's like, okay, you have three little villagers that crash land on a planet and start with nothing. And they, you know, you try to build them up a little base and you assign them like priorities for work and like what they're going to do, whether they're going to craft things or build things or grow things or hunt and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then the AI in the game functions similarly to like the left for dead sort of director type of AI where it's like, it'll mm -hmm. kind of gauge what you're How doing well in you're the game doing. Yeah. and, you know, 
other factors and send, you know, raids against you, or maybe there's a solar flare that shuts down your electric power grid. And now all of a sudden you've got to deal with that. Maybe there's like nuclear fallout that causes it to be negative 30 degrees or something like that. And suddenly you've got to try to keep all your guys alive in in like sub-zero temperatures, that sort of thing. And it's just, I think it's interesting just to kind of see you know, what kind of stories kind of organically happen. And I've also recently gotten into like the mod scene for that because they've got, it's on, I have it on steam. And so there's a bunch of like mods through steam that you can install for it. So I've got like dinosaurs that you can put in there. I've got like little androids and robots that you can do. I've got all these kind of crazy mods that you can add into the game. Um, now, which which console is that on? Uh, it's on the PC because I am number one PC expert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you have any you have any comments? You want- uh, I mean, the the joke is is, is what it is. <laughs> All right, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. It just it feels feels too played out for me to to like get <laughs> mad about Dillard being PC expert number one at this point. And and using all of his mods and playing things on yeah, Steam. Yeah, it looks like he's playing things the right way. <laughs> well, now I will say, I don't know what kind of frame rates I'm running here on the RimWorld, but... I mean, for a game that probably doesn't have a single animation that runs faster than 15 or 20 frames a second, probably doesn't, you know, you're not going to notice quite so much it's like it's like playing a great like most grand strategy games run at like 30 frames a second because they're so heavily cpu bound but you don't notice because there's like no animations in those games you're looking at the same screen the entire time so it's more about the gameplay you would say then all right i regret (laughs) we can go there if you want to go there moving on so so rimworld anything anything else you've been playing dylan uh the only other thing i've really been playing is the jurassic world evolution game um which is basically like zoo tycoon um Mm -hmm. and i remember when that came out yeah yeah so it's like zoo tycoon had a dinosaur expansion and this is basically like but what if zoo tycoon was only the dinosaur expansion and also ian malcolm will randomly pop in and talk to you (laughs) this is so much better than zoo tycoon was what you're telling me right now (laughs) exactly but it's a very like just chill game you know like it's it's not particularly difficult i wouldn't say like it's not like you're like Money has never really been an option in the game for me. Like, gotcha. You start off and you're a little bit limited money wise, but like within getting, you know, a few dinosaurs, you you have millions of dollars and you can kind of just buy whatever you want and build whatever you want. So it's it's more so like a big sandbox of like kind of like a game Joe will talk about here in a little bit too, where it's kind of just like a big sandbox where you can kind of just chill and build something and like the the goal is not so much to like worry about making a ton of money in Jurassic world evolution, but it's more so just like try to make it most efficient and also hopefully not have a T-Rex or a Velociraptor break out and eat a bunch of guests. But even if they do park fall apart. (laughs) Yeah. Even if it does break out and eat some guests, like it's okay. Like you'll still get a sequel. It'll bounce back. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you've got lawyers for that. I think is how the game explains it. So. Uh, 
Are we sure? Because the lawyer in the movie got eaten while he was on the toilet. So That uh, is true. I, I guess they keep their able... lawyers. But that was the first of how many movies? That's true. Five. There are five. <laughs> About to be six. So... Jurassic Park Dominion comes out whenever. Well, next year, sometime after movies are allowed to exist again. Yeah. And it's going to have everybody in it. I'm sorry. I like Jurassic Park, so I know too many things. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it. I don't know if it's, I think it was on Game Pass at one point. I don't know if it's currently still on Game Pass or not. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, if you're just looking for a chill, like, building thing, like, I want to create something. Kind of like, it's got that Minecraft vibe almost of, like, it's not particularly challenging, but, like, you can create things. And that's kind of fun. And that's what you want sometimes. So, and I've been playing that one on Xbox. So, nice. Well, anybody else have anything they want to shout out that they've been playing recently? Anything worth touching on? Or are we ready to move forward? All I'll say is I downloaded on PlayStation Now, just because it was recently added on PlayStation Now, Street Fighter V, and I realized two things. One, there's a reason I don't play fighting games that aren't Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I am terrible at them, and I do not understand half of what they want me to do. Like I feel you. Uh the other thing is that Street Fighter V seems like the worst Street Fighter just because, like, I thought what PlayStation Now had was, like, the complete edition, uh. but it is not. And Street Fighter V is apparently notorious, and I didn't realize how bad it was, but for, like, mm -hmm. microtransactions to the point where I, I press start. I At first, I didn't mind too much because I'm like, oh, well, one of the characters they have available is Chun-Li, who I always play as because I played a Street Fighter II in an arcade one time. Picked Chun-Li and won like twice. And I'm like, oh, I can never pick anyone else. Apparently I'm good with her. But there were a bunch of characters who weren't available to pick. And I assumed it was like Injustice 2 where there's a... The, you have to unlock them? No. Uh, it, Injustice 2 has like a preliminary. It downloads in stages. And so does Street Fighter V. And like the first stage, it gives you like half the characters. And then it finishes mm -hmm. downloading the game in the background. And once everything's done, you reboot and you have everyone. Gotcha. Except it did that, and when it finally finished, I rebooted it. I'm like, okay, let's see all the other characters. They were all for purchase. Like, it, <laughs> it, the base game comes with like eight characters, and there are like 20 something oh, other characters who you have to purchase. And I'm like, oh, screw that. Yeah. So yeah. that was my like two hours I spent with Street Fighter of just like screwing around, realizing I sucked at the game. And I'm like, okay, well, now that it's finished downloading properly, let's see if like any of these other characters I'm any good at. And it's like, Oh, sorry. You have eight characters you can pick from the rest. You have to buy like, Oh, I'm glad I didn't spend money on this game or I'd be mad. If you had spent money on it though, you probably would have bought whatever like definitive edition is out by now. Cause the five came out a long time ago. Didn't it? I mean, I want to say it's a couple of years old, but it's not, it's not like four where four was out in PS3 era. No. Yeah. But I think by now there would be like a complete edition that is probably still like, you know, 20 bucks at GameStop. Yeah, so apparently if you bought Champion Edition, you got the disc with the original content and then a voucher code to get the rest of it. I don't know how that works on PlayStation now. Yeah, it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. We should probably move yeah. into our actual topic, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely time for that. Uh, let's go ahead and move into our main topic for this episode. So 
main topic for this episode is short games, for lack of a better word. We're going to talk about what we think that means, but, uh, you know, in my mind, a lot of indies pop up. But yeah, shorter games, games that ne- don't necessarily have to be a Witcher 3 or Ghost of Tsushima to be good, and you can play in, you know, however many few hours and still feel like it was a worthwhile experience. So I'm just going to throw it out there first of all and say what I'll start with I'll start with you Caleb. What is a short game to you? Uh a short game to me, you know, I'm notorious on getting cranky if a game's longer than 25 hours, like just in general. Uh, I expect it with some genres like RPGs, but anything else it's like we've got 30 hours of gameplay my initial reaction is but why like what what do you have to justify that length to me a short game is anything under 10 hours i want to say 10 is kind of this was for the longest time anyway kind of the standard of most games are at least 10 hours because that's Mm -hmm. that's you usually feel like you've gotten like a decent amount of heft out of that a 10 hour game is like at least a long weekend of playing through uh if you have nothing else to do. So it's a, it's a good healthy length. So anything 10 hours or less to me is a short game. I mean, just depend because of how games work, a short game could be anywhere from, you know, eight and a half hours, like uh uncharted lost legacy, or it could be, I've seen games that have like a complete beginning, middle and end. And they're 20 minutes long. I've also got stuff like beginner's guide, which is no matter how you play it, because it's like a story based walking simulator game it's an hour and a half like it is essentially you sit down you play it in one sitting that's it that's the game so well you throw mobile games into there like florence was a pretty big deal a couple years ago (laughs) and it's like maybe 30 minutes long so yeah that that that's that's why i'm i'm bringing this up uh joe what's what's a short game to you someone Uh, who's played wow for the last six years (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the game, if that makes sense. Like, like genre. Yeah, like, like, so I'm just gonna pull an example. Like, Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, according to Steam, it took me like three, three and a half hours to run through that. If that had been a six-hour game, that would have been like way, way, way too long. But on the other hand uh let's take the original portal i think you could like easily do under 10 hours the original portal was fairly short because it wasn't sold as like a a standalone full deal it was like this weird game they slipped into the orange box um i would so so it really depends on the the genre and the game itself i would say personally anything under 20 hours i think broadly could be classified as short if if, you know if you can beat the game without just you know having to you know railroad the main story and you know really Mm -hmm. be driven through it but if you can comfortably beat the game in under 20 hours i would say regardless of genre that's a safe bet for being short Mm -hmm. yeah dylan what do you think i think for me i would say a short game is anything that I could reasonably expect to finish within like a week or so, which is to me, I think like 10 to 15 hours or less. What um, about just finish period? Just finish. Pe- yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is an issue too, but I think that's, that's, you know, kind of stemming off of our 
conversations last week and and in in this week as well. I think that sometimes the the reason I don't finish some of these games is you know like you were kind of saying like something that you don't have to railroad yourself through to fit like I could sit down and I could beat The Witcher by like Monday, you know, if I just sat down and railroaded the main story. Like according to Braden, I'm already at the level where if I just played the campaign like the main story i would be over leveled for it through the end mm-hmm. but like part of the draw of the witcher for me is just all the different things that there are to do and so mm-hmm. um to me it's like i can get the it's a game that i can complete and be done with within 10 to 15 hours like so you know like in assassin's creed you could reasonably maybe finish the story in some of the earlier ones i guess not yeah the not older the most ones recent yeah. ones um but if you wanted to collect all of the viewpoints and all of this and all of that like all of the collectibles in those games like you couldn't do that in anywhere under like 20 hours probably and so if i wanted to do that to me that would be a long game you know because i i like to complete things more than not complete things i guess if that makes sense in a game for the most part aubrey what's a short game to you yeah, four hours. If I can beat it in an afternoon, it qualifies as short. Or in like two play sessions, like over the course of the evening, like uh, Greece, I did mm-hmm. in two evening sessions each, about three ish hours each. Like a lot of the search and find games that I play, I typically on like a Saturday, I'll boot them up around noon and I'll have them done before dinner. Like, yeah. And that, that to me is like a nice little fluffy break, escape, whatever. And I like it because it, you know, it's not much of a commitment. Whereas yeah, that- looking at something like Assassin's Creed, where, yeah, if you mainlined the plot, you could do it in 15 hours or so. But there's so much more to the world. Like, and 15 hours, to, like, Night in the Woods took me maybe a week of like two to three hour sessions every night. And I took my time and really soaked in the atmosphere and everything. And that to me felt like an adequate length game. Like I didn't feel like it was a short game, but by evidently a lot of these standards, it's a short game. Yeah. When I think of short game, I think of a lot of indies like you're mentioned. Like I th- mm-hmm. the the first one that pops in my mind is Inside. Mm-hmm. Like three because, hours or so. Yeah. I played Inside in like four hours and, but those were four good hours it was a very well crafted game a really good experience really like made me think like usually like take final fantasy 7 or i don't know that's the most recent one that pops in my mind where i beat it and i'm like or bloodborne and then immediately i go to youtube and i'm like what does this mean what is this what is this talking about what i need to know more and inside did that in 4 hours and so it was a really good, deep, thought-provoking experience, but it was short. And it was like, you know, two play sessions like Aubrey was talking about. So that, that's I, I tend to agree with Caleb where 10 hours is kind of like my mental cutoff. After 10 hours, it's like that's an average game. And then after like 20, 25, it's like that's a long game. But it also does like Last of Us 2, we've touched upon multiple times that felt like a long game when it was really like 20 to 30 hours which compared to the witcher 
or compared to probably what I'll put in Ghost of Tsushima or what I put in Bloodborne, like 60 hours, it's not that long, but it felt long because it was intense and somewhat padded. Its pacing (laughs) was awful. Come on, guys. So I do think pacing does lead a lot. Like, since we brought that up, pacing does a lot for a game. There are 10 hour games that feel like, oh, that's right. There are also 10 hour games that it feels like they were just getting started. And there's sometimes 10 hour games that you're like, that honestly probably should have been five. Thank you for also reminding me I need to go finish inside because it is a short game. And I played about half of it and was like, this is really good. And then I never sat down to play the other half of it, and it's now been a year, so... You should definitely play the back half of that. Joe, how long would you say Control was? You beat it, right? Yeah. I can look this up. I think it was surprisingly short for... I think it's like 13, 15, Yeah, it felt longer than it. Like, it felt like a 20 to 30 hour experience, but yeah, the actual playtime ended up was... Yeah, like, I think sub-20, um... That was going to be my example for a game that felt longer than it was. And not because it was bad, but just because it kind of maybe dragged a little bit. Or yeah, it, that, I've got 13, really. almost exactly 13 hours in control. Yeah. And that was skipping maybe half the side stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one, uh, I think it gets back to the like, is it good? What kind of game is it? Because control like had good story, good ideas and all of that. But the combat was very much like it was kind of there just to fill out the game and to like make the facility a little more dynamic as you would go back through old areas. Mm. Whereas like take something like Dark Souls where it's all about the combat, you know, you'll get to the 20 hour mark in Dark Souls and like not realize it just just because the the core gameplay engages you in a different like i think story games in particular can suffer from this thing where it's like you want to keep playing to see the story and the story itself isn't actually that long but it ends up feeling like it takes a long time to uncover it just because you gotta like get through the like oh i need to kill 13 generic bad guys again and that ends up taking you like 10 15 minutes depending on what difficulty you play on Oh yeah, and the, that is. That's why I ended up. It's been a while since I've done this, but for a while I would just unashamedly drop the difficulty down to easy if it wasn't a game where I, I love the combat because it's just mm-hmm. I want to get through this. Let me get through it as fast as I can. I don't care if I'm one shotting every enemy and it's boring. I already decided I didn't particularly like this combat, so just let me go on my power trip and last see of the us end. part two. I mean, that's, I've also been playing more games on easy lately just because, honestly, I don't have the time. Like, I want to get through the game and I don't have the time to wade through combat. I also, there's only a handful of games I play for the pure thrill of the challenge itself. I would not probably love Dark Souls because I don't care. Like, there's a point where I'm just like, am I enjoying this? If so, cool. If not, I don't find difficulty engrossing in its its own self except in very specific occasions like there's some there's some platformer sections in the back half of rayman origins which is still one of the most underappreciated platformers of the past decade oh shoot it's almost now when did oh man origins came out in like 2010 bring it back around caleb (laughs) we were in person i would throw Uh, a rabbit at you what was your original point (laughs) oh but no yeah dropping 
dropping down the difficulty to easy has become more and more a common thing to help me get through games faster because I just don't have the time. Even if I am having a great time, it's just like, uh. but I do also agree with you. A lot of games have pacing issues because they have trouble balancing. Oh, the story's good, but the gameplay isn't. Or the gameplay's good, but ugh, it's another story section and I don't care. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Well, I think like you said, too, like it really depends on like difficulty sometimes. Because like you said, there are very few games I would consider personally that like the main reason I'm playing it is because of like that challenge. Like the Soul series is definitely the one that I would say it's like the reason I play it is because you get that adrenaline rush of like I beat the boss finally. But I think a lot of times it's like a game that may take you like 15 or 20 hours on a higher difficulty like you don't really lose anything if you drop that difficulty down and just get through the combat without having to reset three or four times because mm-hmm. that's not really why you're playing the game. I'm trying to think like the like dishonored games, like some of it is about, you know, the the stealth and the sneaky stuff, but like you can just run like you could realistically if you wanted to play dishonored as like a no kill stealth run, you could spend way more time like double or triple the time reloading every time you get seen and have to kill somebody you know mm-hmm. uh, the fire emblem um, method I, I, I'm yeah <laughs> or or you can just run through and be like oh i got seen i guess i'll just kill everybody in this room so that no one has seen me now and you know that that would get you through the game way quicker so yeah it's difficulty to gameplay is an interesting argument because it's something i mentioned on our final fantasy episode i dropped the difficulty in like the last like final boss which in final fantasy 7 was like a two-hour thing and so for that i felt like it was a good decision on my part because that fight felt much more just cinematic and epic and hit the right notes and there was no quitting and restarting and dying like it it all flowed and felt like very impactful and and epic versus if I had kept my difficulty at, you know, normal or whatever and died three times and had to restart, I'd be like, Oh my God, I hate this. This part (laughs) sucks. It's, you know, and so that balance I feel like is kind of hard to strike for, for some games and some developers, but let's talk about specific short games. Let's talk about some of, I'm going to let you guys each talk about, one uh, and if maybe if you want to just like pepper and throw out honorable mentions or something you can but let's talk let's focus on like one game that comes to mind when you think of like a good short game and and why you like it why why it comes to mind and i'm going to start with you dylan what 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 comes to mind yeah so when i was thinking through this the one that immediately popped into my mind was the Prince of Persia games, the old ones that were on like the original Xbox. And so part of it, I think, is this was prior to like the genesis of the achievement. And so like if there had been a achievement for like find all of the health boosts, find all of the extra sand tanks or whatever, so that you can rewind time more or whatever, that Mm. may have prolonged the game in a in a sense but mm-hmm. since this was you know the the older generation before the achievement this was just a game of like you play through the story and like the according to how long to beat which is 
like how I kind of looked these up to make sure I wasn't misremembering a game that was actually like 40 hours and it just went quick. But so according to how long to beat Prince of Persia, the original takes about nine hours um, to play through the the main story. And I think if you're wanting to collect all of the things, it can take like 10 and a half hours or something like that. And and the other relatively short. Yeah, still still relatively short. But to me, that's what I think of when I think of a short game, because it's one that you play through. It's a complete story. Like when you finish the story, you feel like you've accomplished something. You're satisfied with how it ends. And you've you've kind of you feel accomplished. You feel like you've done something. Because sometimes you can play through a game and it finishes. And like Caleb said, it was, it felt like it was just getting started or you wanted more or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, that's how I felt when I finished the Jedi Fallen Order. I was just like, that's it. That's the end. I want more. Even though it was a great game. Prince of Persia, it's like you finish it, you get through the end and it you feel satisfied. You feel like it like if it was a meal, it would have filled me up and satisfied me, you know? <laughs> So that's kind of like my my big my big one and all. I've got a few more that I might pepper in as like here are the games that I I think are great examples of a short game, but I don't want to sometime first I don't want to steal anyone else's games. So Joe, what about you? What you got? What when so you I, hear short game, what pops in your head? I had a couple. I obviously I already brought up Portal, which I think is kind of the gold standard. Yeah, that's for for good short games. But I already brought that up, and so as I was thinking, I'm actually going to take a complete left turn and not talk about any particular game, but instead use my little slice of time here. Uh, Do you guys think you have all the time you need? Roguelike games count as short games. Well, see, then, and that was the thing that I was (laughs) is like because you can get a complete session. And I, I, wrap the game would, up. But like if you wanted to like I think of I go to like FTL, you know? It's like you can have a full run of FTL in a couple of hours, max. You can also die in fifteen minutes. And which is what like, usually if you happens wanted if you wanted to get every ship and unlock everything, like that would probably be like twenty to thirty hours, I would imagine. But I probably I would more. Count. I'd probably dig you twenty to thirty hours just to like figure out the game, much less yeah, yeah, yeah unlock everything. But I feel like I would, I would count it as like a short game because it's something I'd, ha- you could I'd sit have down. to say no. I think you could play short sessions, but like if you actually wanted to see everything that game had to offer, you're not going to do that in a short amount of time. And it's I like I think of Dead Cells or games like that where it's like yeah you can run around and have a good time in a short amount of time but like when i dropped dead cells because i wasn't quite like it wasn't clicking with me i didn't feel like oh that was a good satisfying experience whereas like katana zero is another good short game where i went from beginning to end in you know you know five or six hours something like that and felt satisfied and it was a complete experience whereas with a roguelike it's like I want to level up. I want to get this thing. I want to see this. So part of you the world. you don't want the game to dangle content in front of you that you know you could go see, but like haven't unlocked yet. I mean, I want that as a player, but I would say that if that's the case and it takes me a but while that, to that get it, impacts, that doesn't count as a short game. That impacts the length of a game for you then. 
I think that kind of goes back to the golden path argument where like, yeah, you could play a open world game and just blast through the story quests and it could be a short experience. But if you were to actually do everything that game had to offer, it would take you much longer. And I think the same applies to roguelikes. All right. In that case, what about um, arcade game type things like old beat em ups and whatnot, where it's like the entire game is actually only, I don't know, three, four hours long. But how long does it actually take you to get to that end thing? Because it's so dang hard, you're going to be dying over and over again. Or games that want you to replay it for a specific score, specific goal. Yeah, I think the idea of a short game is one where you experience what they want you to experience within a small time frame. If the experience they're going for is you doing multiple sessions or coming back to it and doing it over and over and over again. Because like by that logic, The Sims... Like, oh, I want to experience, like, the vampire stuff. That may only take you five hours. But you couldn't argue that The Sims is a small game. Well, because that, I think, gets into, though, like, an interesting point. Like, is League of Legends a short game because you can complete a match in an hour? I think. Or is it a long game because it consumes lives? That's just a match. (laughs) But, But on this note, I would just like to, you know, quickly say... Damn it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's a, like like no, Aubrey's it's, it's, Sims example. That's yeah. I was going to ask her about next is because, yeah, like The Sims is a huge game. But this is where, like, I think I feel like roguelikes in The Sims, you can argue as a short game. Because if you like, let's take The Sims, you can sit down. And you can play The Sims for like like five, eight, ten hours. Just you had one character, you had one specific thing you wanted to do. You accomplished that goal. Same thing goes for like your various roguelike. Like let's say I want to play FTL and I just want to play with like a particular ship. Like okay, I can go through and play through, or I just want to play Into the Breach. So I sit down, I play for a few hours, and then I'm free to like I get to the end or meet my goal or whatever it is. Then I get to the end of the game, you know, whatever the game over screen is. And then I can like get up, walk away and not be like, okay, now I have to go do 30 more hours of content. Can, can you guys tell me what FTL stands for? Faster than light. Yeah. The the premise of the game is you're uh, like, a, I guess you're not actually anybody. You're, you're just the, the cursor in the sky. But just like your, real life. <laughs> but your your domain is there's a, a ship that's running from the Federation and you're trying to like get the plans to the rebels kind of thing. And so you, you start out and you've got all your little stations kind of like in Star Trek, you know, you've got engine room and shield shield systems and all of that. And so you send your crew to go man these stations and you're jumping from warp point to warp point. And the roguelike things happen. You get upgrades, you meet NPCs, you get into combat situations, and that's usually where the game kind of shines is like the combat situations, you know, like you get boarded and you can't fight back, so you seal your crew in one room and then open the airlocks to drain all the air out and kill the boarders. Hmm. Um, it is a... Vi- it- on a scale of Joes, how many Joes of a Joe game is this? Uh, this is like average Joes. That's yeah, that's kind of what I think. <laughs> like, 
Like it's a pretty Joe game, but I, you're not gonna have any spreadsheets, so you know. Pretty Joe is my favorite Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so but back on the argument of like that as a short game, the developers still want you playing it multiple times and experiencing it over a course of a time. So yeah, my play sessions in The Sims Four are short and satisfying, and I don't feel compelled to come back and do more until I drop something or the urge hits me. But also, and I didn't notice that I didn't look at this until after our recording last week, but Dylan's sister and I share a Sims account. Oh, don't say that too loud. EA will come for you. (laughs) (laughs) And we together combined over the course of the past four years the Sims have been out have put Mm -hmm. 23, no, 1300 hours into that game. Jeez, holy crap. You cannot call that a short game. Don't admit Well, okay. <laughs> but Joe beat Animal Crossing in like eight hours. And he did not some beat of I did not beat. You can't beat Animal Crossing. So, yeah. So I think that goes back to if you, if you feel like your time with the game was a satisfactory experience and you are like, that was it. That was, that was it. You're good. Beginning to end. You're happy. You got your money or whatever. I don't know why we picked two like really impossible to quantify abstract concepts to talk about from last week to this week. But (laughs) I feel like that helps kind of narrow it down. Whereas like Mm -hmm. if you play a roguelike and you're playing it because you want to see everything, unlock everything, play everything, whatever, and find all the secrets and all this stuff, then no, that's not a short game. If you want to have one good run. Yeah. That could be a short game. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what Aubrey is getting at is the, a short game should be something that you can go start to end and then and like you're satisfied feel absolutely no urge or compulsion or calling to open the game back up you're just like yep this is a hundred percent done i can put it like portal you get to the end of portal and unless you want to speed run it or just do it again for the heck of it then like you could but really you get to the end of portal and that's it you put it back on the shelf like you can't have another run at portal there's no well what if i did this this time it's that's it or doki doki literature club um i think there's yeah there's there's like a couple alternate pathways in doki doki literature club there's that's what youtube is for (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's that's potentially (laughs) a bad example conversation box and then you're screwed that's potentially that's exactly how i feel about that short game the last of us too is you know it's just my <laughs> you're mocking me aren't you yeah aubrey what's what's a short game to you what do you, when you hear short game what do you think of uh journey oh that's a good example yeah, yeah. um couple couple years old it was the first game that made me genuinely want to buy a playstation uh and i was i think in high school so i really couldn't justify it but it is Maybe two hours if you don't try to explore every little nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's atmospheric. It's beautiful. And the music pulls you along like I could sing its praises for a while. But I own it on vinyl because I had to. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful two-hour experience that I think a lot of indie games are trying to replicate. Mm-hmm. I really feel like Greece was going for what journey did in a way but yeah it's just like it it, 
there's, you know, there's no dialogue, there's no whatever, but it still has a, a full story arc. It kind of has a three-act structure even going through it. I mean, it is literally the hero's journey in some space. Like, there's there's some of the chapter names are, like, loosely based off of that sort of, like, the first confluence, the low point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, so you get this this full story in two hours you're satisfied you're left wanting more kind of but not in like a oh i wish this game was longer because it is it's a full experience right um, but like that was so good I'd yeah like to i would love more. to experience that again kind mm-hmm. of a way because when the first time i played it you were house sitting for the van ices and i came over i was like i'm coming i'm setting their neurotic dog off and i am playing this game <laughs> as and one must do when visiting my house and I like I completely tuned the whole world out. It did not feel like two hours. Like I, it felt like I was transported to a totally different world. It was a, it was a beautiful experience, and the length of it didn't really hit me until I like went back and would watch people play it on YouTube, and it was like an hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes, and I was like, oh, uh-huh. I didn't realize it was that short. Like it didn't feel that short to me when I played it. But it really is a pretty brief game. But in a good way. Yeah, in a great way. Not like, oh, God, this dragged on. Yeah, no, actually, <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't realize that it was that short until you started talking about it. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, it is only two hours, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. in my head, I'd always had it as like a six-hour game or something. Like, if you had asked me, that's what my first guess would have been. I'm like, oh, it's only two. You know what? Now that you say that, yep, it is absolutely only two hours long. And Yeah, and it just kind of, but it does everything it needs to. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it needs to be longer. It doesn't feel like it needs to be shorter. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, when I think of a short game, that's that was that's the first thing that pops into my head. Caleb? All right, so. What about you? I accidentally, when I heard that this was going to be our topic this week, I wrote down, like, nine different ones to talk about. We've covered a lot of them. Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, I've mentioned Thomas Was Alone. Many of the indie games. I've talked about how the Beginner's Guide is literally just an hour and a half. Uh, I'm going to pick one that I think is more interesting because I'll give a little shout out to both Uncharted Lost Legacy and Ratchet and Clank Future Quest for Booty, which were both like... We all like a little booty, right? (laughs) They were both uh, (laughs) part of like established franchises that were slightly longer. Like your average Ratchet and Clank game, I want to say is like 15-ish hours, maybe as long as 20, but like... And and then Quest is like six it was a downloadable title, but it's the middle game of a trilogy. I don't know. And Lost Legacy is famous for, like, it's kind of the shorter spinoff of the Uncharted games, just a little mm-hmm. adventure. Um, yeah. So I love both of those. They both do a great job of carrying on what makes the main game so good, but on a shorter, more bite-sized, focused, even more experimental kind of uh, experience. I'm going to pick mm-hmm. for my short game, though, because when I think short game, uh, Titanfall 2, because... Uh, that campaign is only, what, six hours? Maybe? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've played it, but yeah, it's, I mean, most FPS campaigns aren't that long. I know, but even, like, but it, Doom, I think, is, like, twice as long. Well, right, yeah, but I'm thinking, like, you know, FPSs that lean heavily into multiplayer, like Call of Duty and stuff like that, they have, like, that little five-hour campaign. Yeah, yeah. according to how long to beat, it's six hours or 14 hours if you want to complete everything that the campaign has to offer. Yeah. yeah. We've really kind of lost the art of that. We, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But Titanfall 2, I think of because it's short, but one of the nice things about being so short, I still remember it fondly. I mean, it's not terribly old, but it is... When did Titanfall 2 come out? Like, 2016? Yeah, late 2016, early 2017, because we were living in our apartment when I played it, so... But it's honestly... It's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. I would not have minded paying $60, and that's kind of... It's a $60 game, and they're kind of selling it on the multiplayer... I've never actually mm-hmm. touched the multiplayer for Titanfall 2. Um, but be- that is kind of selling it short, though, because the multiplayer is amazing in that game as well. But but yeah, yeah, like I agree that the campaign could carry that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal campaign. It's short. It's to the point. Like, I think the best example of how it handles its size is the um, infamous level. It's kind of gone on to being one of like in recent history, one of the most well-regarded levels in mm-hmm. video games is effect and cause which is the time travel level, you know, press yeah. L beat like left bumper to time travel is now like one of those in some circles. It's like the cake is a lie. That's sort of like infamous video game shorthand of just, yeah. Hey, remember when that happened? But it basically, that's a game. That's a mechanic. The time travel mechanic they have in that level is something you could base an entire game around. Like and the they, medium. Yeah. And they do it for one level and then, they get it as much out of it as you can, including that great sequence where you're basically like falling down a uh, vent and like you have to keep switching as yeah. different um, obstacles come in your way in one timeline. You switch and then you're they're not there. But now a new thing is and you have to switch back, uh, plays with the idea as much as it can, and then it's done. You get rid of it and that's the end. You're done with time travel for the rest of the game and never comes up again. And it every level is like that. And it's, Yeah, like the level where they are building a building like a, a level essentially mm-hmm. and you're like running across like the ground but it's sideways and so you're like standing on the sides of buildings and like that was that was almost more trippy to me than the time traveling level oh no that one was great because through the whole level it was an assembly line building basically like pre-made neighborhoods so like yeah. early in the level you weren't quite sure what was going on but then like you slowly realize is it's like building houses around you. And then, yeah, the last step of it is like they've got the neighborhoods preassembled, but sideways before they're put up. So then you have to like climb up the side of it. No, it's just constantly like there's maybe like respawn the man. first. Yeah. You want a game to cry to, Aubrey Titanfall 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the first level is fairly normal. And after that, it just keeps constantly throwing new ideas at you. And then you never get bored because they play them out. Then they're done and they move on and they just keep going. And then once the game's done, it's done. It it never felt like it was overstaying its welcome. In fact, that one would almost be one I'm like, oh, I could have gone for that, for, for more of that, which is why we're all still very bitter about No Titanfall 3. Plus the uh, overall yet. theme no 3, of, yet. the overall theme of like the kind of buddy cop like structure of you and your, of your Titan be, what, be, be something. BT. What was he? BT. Something. They just called him BT, but yeah. he had, yeah. He had numbers, but. But yeah, like you and BT, it was just like, you know, these two kind of underdogs taking on the world. And so that, that just kind of structure just lent to the, the personality of that quest you were going on. Yeah. That, that's a game that I always recommend any chance I get. Like you haven't played that, go play that. It's worth it. And you can buy it super cheap right now. Oh I'm yeah. Sure. I, I, the first time I played it, I rented it not too long after it came out, um, back when video game rentals were much more easy to do. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, two years later, it was on sale on PlayStation Store for $15 for, like, the complete everything edition. And I'm like, yes, I need to own this game. For a while, they were selling it in a package with Battlefield 1. I think that's how you bought it, Dylan, right? Yeah, that's how I got it. it was 
I had heard good things about Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2, so I was like, might as well get them both for the price of less than one. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are all really good games. Does anybody have anything else they want to throw out there before we close this this segment down? I'll throw out there the Telltale games just briefly, because I think those are great. Some are better than others, but yeah, yeah, the good ones are really good. And those are all ones where it's like most of them are like five or so episodes long. Each episode's like an hour, hour and a half tops, maybe. Mm. And so you can realistically sit down and complete those in, you know, seven, eight hours. And yeah, not not everyone's going to be a winner, but especially like Tales from the Borderlands or King I've heard Dead. The Walking Dead and Batman and Batman. Wolf Among Us are both Wolf Among all Us great. is really good. Um, I need to finish Walking Dead. I'm halfway through episode three and it was really depressing. So I took season one. Yes. Oh, yes. I haven't got past season one, but just like just season one alone is worth playing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what my opinion was of the first two and a half episodes I played, but it was really soul crushingly depressing. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I need a minute. Yeah. Another game to cry to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Aubrey. Look, I've got Wolf Among Us queued up. I will get to it soon. It's, it's so good. That, that's an Aubrey game, actually. It's, yeah. it's right up my head. What else you got, Dylan? No, that was it. I just oh, that was it. The Telltale games. Joe already cool. mentioned the Portal series, so which yes, play Portal. Cool. I Please, wish they would bring it Portal. to backwards compatibility better. I think the first one might be backwards compatible on Xbox, but the second one is not still. Portal so. Portal Two is it on um, backwards? Like you can play it on an Xbox One. Yeah. Oh, Joe and I did well, it I did when he was in that. town about a month ago. So anybody else, anything else to shout out on this this topic or are we ready to move on? I mean, on? I put in the doc monster prom. If you're looking for something fun and goofy and off the wall, um, I could be totally wrong. I'm not going to talk about developer stuff because I don't know for sure. But um, you're, at, you, you're trying to find a date for the monster prom at Monster High, including a... Hmm. Ghost that loves to party and do all kind of drugs. Aaron from the Game Grumps voices a himbo werewolf. So you just have to make choices that make them want to ask you to prom. It's really fun. It feels Sounds like the developers of this game already made choices for me. So <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, with that, let's go ahead and move into our closing game for this episode. So our closing game for this episode, I get to host it because I had a new game structure I wanted to try. Mm -hmm. And if one of you would be so kind as to keep score for me, that would be fantastic. We can all keep score down here. Good deal. This game is called Trophy Hunter. So the premise is I have five achievements slash trophies from a game, I tried to structure them from like vague to obvious so that hopefully by number five, somebody will have gotten it. I have six games this round, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. It's kind of like a pilot game, but uh, so the idea is I'll read it. I'll read the, the trophy title or the achievement title, then the description of that trophy or achievement. And then I don't know if like everybody gets one guess or if you guess till you are stumped. I guess maybe everyone should get one guess and then we'll move to the next one. That seems like a good, good way to do it. 
So everybody, and then uh, whenever you get it, you get a point. We could do it where you get a point, like, you know, if you get it early on, you get more points than if you get it on the last one. But for this round, we'll just do it. Whoever gets it gets a point and then maybe, you know, reevaluate it down the road. Yeah, better to keep Sound it good? simple. Yep. So everybody's on board with the concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty. And someone's keeping score for me. I know we had some smart yeah. ass remarks, but just, you know. Make well, I mean, sure. it's, it's here in the doc. Like we can all verify the scores. Yeah, but someone actually has to do it. I'm not typing it in. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will type things. Good deal. Joe's All right. dancing around in there, so I'll let Joe. Unless... All right, so first game. <laughs> Trophy is from beyond the stars. Trophy or achievement. I may just say one, but don't assume that means it's PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> from beyond the stars, collect and return all spaceship parts. And I'm not going to ask you by name to give me a guess, so just throw it out there if you got one. From Beyond the Stars, collect and return all spaceship parts. If you're stumped, we can move on to the next one. Potentially gotten this achievement, and I'm now trying to think of it. Oh, I think I... Hang on. Outer Worlds? Nope, not Mm -hmm. Outer Worlds. Takes too long. Fallout New Vegas. Point for Dylan. So the other four <laughs> achievements, we had Pimp My Sidearm, Fully Mod a Weapon, Career Criminal, Attain 100% Game Completion, Solid Gold Baby, Earn 70 Gold Medals on Missions and Strangers and Freaks, which I thought might give it away, and then the big one, Complete the Big Score. So it was GTA 5, so point for Dylan. Didn't even know there was. There's a. I can't remember if it's in Fallout Three or in Fallout New Vegas, but there's a a side quest where you meet this like weird religious cult that founded itself around this like dormant rocket, and you can like help them rebuild it. And if you did that, they would like launch themselves. And my memory is very fuzzy, but I thought maybe it was like like you had to collect a bunch of parts over the entire game. That sounds like a thing. And Aubrey, if you told me time travel was in the Grand Theft Auto games, I would believe you at this point. Nothing surprises oh, me yeah. about them. You had well, to the go DeLorean out of your way is. to do this, but but the DeLorean's an o- online. This was like part of the main game, but it 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 wasn't. It was definitely out of your way. Like you had to go. All right, next game. You guys ready? Ready. Number one, help me put out a call for backup. Monster Hunter World? No. no. Put out a okay. Crackdown 3. I don't know. Nope. I think I might know it. Dark Souls 3. Nope. We want to move on to the next one. Number two. TV Cop. Perform a slide across the hood of a car. Division 2. Uh, are you cheating somehow? <laughs> no. I remember them talk I remember kind of funny talking about that because mm. it was like Greg was super into that game. He was, yeah. And so, I remember getting that achievement because I accidentally did it. So the other three we had were first among equals, win a match of skirmish or domination, arrow to the knee, 
shoot 10 enemies in the leg with a crossbow. <laughs> and command and control discover 20 control points in DC. Which at least Dylan and Joe would have been rushing probably at that point to get it. All right. That's two for Dylan. Running away with it. Apparently I've been to achievements. (laughs) Apparently so. Next one. Weapon Master. Acquire a weapon of the highest level. Monster Hunter World. No. (laughs) (laughs) There is one for acquiring a weapon of the highest level in Monster Hunter World. I mean, I feel like this is probably in every game, so it's a super Uh, generic one to start on. Skyrim? Nope, not Skyrim. Assassin's Creed Origins. Nope. All right, next one. Rune Master. Acquire an extremely precious rune. The Witcher 3. Nope, not The Witcher 3. Bloodborne. The Witcher 2? Aubrey got it. Bloodborne. Yay! What a, what a guess. She just... <laughs> I'm thinking of some Andrew-ass games. Yeah, so... There's different I, qualities of weapons in that game? Uh, there are low apparently. So I did omit one word from that one. It's a Carol rune, but not that that would have helped any of you guys. But I did omit that word. The next were Canehurst, gain entry to Canehurst, the Lost and Ruined Castle. Four, childhood's beginning. You became an infant great one, lifting humanity into its next childhood, and then. <laughs> Bloodstarved Beast. Defeat the Bloodstarved Beast. Bloodstarved yeah, was a like game. The, the one you were going to read next would have been a pretty big giveaway. Yeah. Canehurst. Yeah. The name. The, the whole, like, you know, what was it? Canehurst, comma, the whatever. That's a very FromSoft name. Well, Aubrey beat all of you to it. So. <laughs> I don't know what the Division yeah. 2 is. Now we're getting serious. Fully mod and completely upgrade any weapon. I feel like I've gotten that achievement. XCOM I don't know, Modern 2? Warfare? Oh. It's not XCOM Modern Warfare 2, no. I thought Joe was right. Nope. All right, so next one. Lethal. Purchase all skills in all categories. The Witcher the... 3? No. This is an <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Do I have to get the one it is? If it were Assassin's Creed, probably, but no, it's not Assassin's yeah, okay. Creed. Hitman 3? Nope, not Hitman 3. Big Game Hunter. Kill and loot 10 large animals. Deer, boar, wolves. Red Dead 2? Nope. Far Cry. No, not Far Cry. That's a good guess. It was a good guess. Tomb Raider? Are we doing like just one guess or can we have multiple guesses? Everybody seems to stall out on one. Is it the third one? It is not the third one. <laughs> I don't know. Clever girl, purchase all skills in one category. Would you like to guess Tomb Raider again? Tomb Raider two. Sure <laughs> Tomb Raider one. <laughs> okay, yes, it's the 2013 <laughs> reboot of Tomb Raider. We'll give it to Aubrey because I was not anywhere near going for Tomb Raider <laughs> until after she said it, and it just felt wrong to just be like, "It's Tomb Raider." <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, should I give it to her just for saying Tomb Raider? But there have been how many Tomb Raider games? But yeah. And then... I have gotten that achievement. I do want to give out a shout out to Crystal Dynamics for the Jurassic Park reference in that last trophy. That's good. Clever girl. Also, 
stemming from our conversation today, apparently the Tomb Raider games are only like 11 hours long, which blew my mind. So, like, completionist was... is like 30 or 40, but like, yeah, if you okay, want to complete yeah. the story, like, only 11. I could see that. I put way more time in all of them than that. But yeah, uh, the last trophy slash achievement for that was intellectually superior, complete all optional tombs. Well, yeah, that would have given it away. That would have done it. That's that's the idea. If it wasn't All right. Assassin's Creed Origins, it was Tomb Raider. <laughs> so, whoever's keeping score, give us a rundown of the score as we go into our final final game here. I thought there were six. Yeah, yeah, yeah one more. It's Dylan two, Aubrey two. Oh, but that's five. I thought we had six two. Hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six. So what happened? So who's okay? okay who what were got... the first four games that you did? Grand Theft Auto Five. Okay. Which Dylan got? Division two. Okay. Oh, I skipped one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would do it. All right. So let's do this one and then we'll do the final one. It's not my fault. I'm not a PC gamer. All right. The well, frame what? Is too low. <laughs> what? All right. Number one for the semifinals. <laughs> non standard issue. Upgrade and Upgrade any weapon form to level three. Control. <laughs> okay, don't worry. <laughs> I, I just that got that one not too, not too long ago. <laughs> All right, so number two is shifting positions, obtain the evade ability, the importance of synergy, complete five side missions, choose to be chosen, obtain the service weapon, and interdimensional defender, killed 1,000 hiss. All right, now we're moving into the last game. Joe, I'm disappointed that you didn't get tr- control, but it's okay. I I just want all. I keep wanting each of these to be The Witcher Three, <laughs> <laughs> especially because you talk about like upgrading weapons. And it's like The Witcher Three, killing boars. The Witcher Three, runes. <laughs> the Witcher Three, come on. Kill right. the Griffin. Is it The Witcher Three? No, this is weirdly Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo doesn't do achievements, and you know it. I do. And Let's I'm okay see. with it. Literally, the spaceship it parts. Like, it's like, oh, Gulliver. Right. Pikmin. Final game. For real this time. Environmentally unfriendly. Kill 50 opponents using the environment. Swamp gas, insects, or objects. I got nothing. Hmm. All right. I don't remember what game you could kill people with insects and swamp gas. Let's move into our next one. Humpty Dumpty. Kill 10 opponents by knocking them off somewhere high. Is it Shrek 2, the video game? (laughs) You got it. No, (laughs) it's not. Humpty Dumpty was in Puss in Boots. Come on, Caleb. I'm sorry. I'm not a a fake DreamWorks fan. (laughs) Pixar for life. Is this this Red Dead 2? I mean... This is not Red Dead 2. Our, Our video... Viewers will appreciate I literally have the Pixar lamp as my <laughs> desk lamp. Okay, number three. Overkill. Make an opponent suffer from bleeding, poisoning, and burning simultaneously. Do this ten times. Oh, I know it. what this is, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this achievement. I like... <laughs> oh, it's killing him. It's killing Jason. I remember Lily. what... Because I've, I've stared at that achievement and looked, had the thought, like, nope, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right. Next one. 
Pass the trial. Finish the game on any difficulty. Is this Dark Souls 3? No. Diablo 3? No. The Witcher 3? <laughs> yes, this is The Witcher 3, Caleb. <laughs> really? Wait, is it really? <laughs> Joe, Damn it. come on. <laughs> Wait a second. I thought you said players in one of the first... No. Okay, I'll go through them all again. Environmentally unfriendly. Kill 50 opponents using the environment. Swamp gas, insects, or objects. Humpty Dumpty. Kill 10 opponents by knocking them off somewhere high. Overkill. Make an opponent suffer from bleeding, poisoning, and burning simultaneously. Oh, Do gosh. this 10 times. I don't know why. Like, for some reason, I heard opponent on that first one, and my mind PvP? immediately leapt at PvP. So I was thinking of like multiplayer stuff. So then we had past the trial that Caleb got it on. The last one was... Butcher of Blaviken, <laughs> kill at least five opponents in under 10 seconds. But also, I should have just said the Witcher 3 on the first one, because that's what I've done for all of these. I was half expecting you to just spit out the Witcher 3 and get it on the first one, but you you didn't, and it, it didn't disappoint. That was but fantastic. It made for great content. Not, <laughs> not that it had any bearing, because Dylan has three points, and the only way Dylan wasn't going to win as if Aubrey won this one. And then we just would have tied. And then so Joe, tied, yeah. what was our final score? Read it Dylan the three, Aubrey over. two, Caleb one, and me none. You could have had one if you got the Witcher three. Yeah, but I think <laughs> Caleb wouldn't have had any, so, yeah. you know, it's Caleb's so that, time to have yeah. one. That's why you did it. Okay, cool. Well, what'd you guys think? Fun? Yeah, oh, yeah. It. it was a good Not fun. Good deal. Anybody have anything else they want to say in closing? Anything good that happened to you this week? Anything you want to shout out and end on maybe a, a lighter, happier note? I got a Lego pirate ship that I really like. That's it's, it's it. Took me like two days to build. Any awesome Lego set is worth sharing. I have a Lego motorcycle that I'm super proud of. So I've seen it. It's pretty rad. Yeah. Aubrey? I donated blood on Wednesday, and it was probably the best experience I've ever had doing that. Uh, all right, Joe. I don't know. I went to work. <laughs> like, you like, went to, to work. Actually, no. I didn't even go to work. Like, I just continued my existence of ro- wake up, roll out of bed, clock in, and then stare at the wall for the other eight hours. I'm not asleep. Or I at mean, work. since we last recorded, you visited us and we played Rock Band. That's true. I guess that, yeah, that would fall in the, the this week. So, yeah, that was a, a good, and good experience. Bef- oh, and the new before mic I throw it, Before I throw it to Dylan, I'll, I'll, I'm going to post it on socials. But yeah. there was a bet. <laughs> there was a bet that I play drums, Dylan plays guitar. On expert. expert. For Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters, there was a bet of who could get the higher score. And uh, Dylan, you want to let him know who won? Uh, technically you. Well, technically, <laughs> technically Aubrey. Technically, I had the highest what? score. Yeah, well, she had like a ninety-nine percent expert Mike. harmonies. Yeah, we both had like three stars. <laughs> yeah, we were both terrible, but you were slightly less terrible than I was. <laughs> and and that is my goal in life: just to be slightly less terrible than Dylan. <laughs> so th- that that's my good thing. Dylan, what about you? What what's going on? Anything you want to shout out? No, I mean that was. Playing rock band was pretty fun. Built a deck back at my parents' house. That was fun. 
Rock band's cool. Building decks. That's cool. <laughs> Moved back to school, so that's slightly less fun. Yeah, you do have a, dif- a slightly different background this week, so. Yeah. The background is nicer. That part's better. Yeah. So I also have a Lego thing, but the camera quality is so crappy that you can't tell. <laughs> but it's a mystery machine, so. Huh. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, with that, I just want to say thanks for checking out this episode of the Level Playing Field podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to help us out in growing our community, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and give us a like or a follow. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or just want to say hey, feel free to reach out to us on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. A big thank you to my co-hosts, Dylan, Joe, Aubrey, and Caleb, and an even bigger thank you to our listeners. We sincerely appreciate you. Now say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. Before we end, I just want to say that every time you read this outro, it reminds me of watching PBS as like an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old. And (laughs) And viewers like like you. (laughs) And viewers like you make this possible. And I was like, thank you. So... As long as Big Bird can keep doing what he's doing, my work here is done. (laughs) Exactly. So, but with that, I will say see ya. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 